Springfield's Talk 104.1. I am Nick Reed. Welcome to the show. We're streaming live, ksgf.com. If you miss any of the show, of course, we do have the on-demand section, so you can go back and, and listen to anything you miss. Or if you heard something you really like, you want to share it, please feel free to do so. Facebook Live as well, sponsored by Springfield Raps, designer of the KSGF studio. On Facebook, it's 1041 Nick Reed. Last, last week, or no, I guess it was the week prior, uh, we spoke with a, a gal whose parents were uh, in Israel, and actually the day we spoke with her, they had managed to get out, but she was sharing with us that experience, and we are going to speak with her father, Dr. Wave Nunnally, here in just a couple of moments, so uh, that is coming up. I do want to go ahead and jump over to uh, Color 10 Fox 49 News, and that way we can get that taken care of so we can start with Dr. Nunnally uh, right away, and then of course a look at the weather. As temperatures continue to stay warm, still Clinging on to summertime temperatures right now, that latest news update. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. A man who was wanted in connection to a shooting in northeast Arkansas is now behind bars after leaving authorities on a high-speed chase that spanned two counties. Deputies say they spotted Lay Blackman and a woman on a motorcycle Friday night and went to pull them over. That's when Blackman sped off and Marion County deputies chased him into Baxter County, where he and Chelsea Holland were taken into custody. Blackman is suspected of shooting a man earlier this month. In addition to the charges he already faces, he will face more charges for running from deputies. A man wanted for probation violations in Howell County tried running from the law in a stolen vehicle. The SWAT team was called in to help deputies arrest Adam Bartlett Jr., who they say has a history of trying to get away from law enforcement. They were tipped off about his location and were able to arrest him before he got away. He's currently being held on without bond on active felony warrants. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunshine 80 today, a slight chance of showers overnight down to 64. 40% chance of showers tomorrow, high near 76, and a slight chance of afternoon rain on Wednesday with a high of 78. Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, I want to give you a quick PSA, and that is to clean out those gutters. And while you're up there cleaning out those gutters, if you notice any type of damage to your roof, or maybe you're thinking, you know, it is time to go ahead and do that fall roof inspection, I want to recommend my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, Josh and his team, they make the roofing process just incredibly just simple from start to finish. They'll come out, they will do a free roof inspection for you. They'll get on your roof and take tons of photos and videos. They'll get up there so you don't have to. And then they will work through that process with you. Maybe you are in a situation where you don't need a whole new roof. Maybe you need just a roof repair or maybe even new gutters or ventilation. Whatever the case is, the Pyramid Roofing Company, they're going to be upfront and honest with you and they'll get you all taken care of so you can have a little peace of mind as we move into that colder weather. Now, if you do want to go ahead and schedule that free roof inspection. You can find all of the contact information for Josh and his team under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at KSGF.com. I want to welcome Dr. Wave Nunnally in studio. Um, we were introduced to him, if you will, through his daughter the week before this past Friday. Uh, she, if I remember correctly, um, had relayed to us that you and your wife landed about three hours after uh, all of this sort of blew up the invasion, the terrorist attack took place. And I, I must just first note, uh, Wave is an interesting name. I, I've not I've not heard that name before. So I'm the third in my family. Really? And it's actually Waverly. Okay. And so I, it was, okay. 
uh, every generation has made it easy on right. that generation and shortened it to wave. Well, I certainly like it. Uh, thank you for being with us, and and glad that you and your wife made it back. Uh, if you if you would just um, tell us a bit about yourself before we get into your experience, and then what it is. I know that you are still uh, doing everything that you can to help. You weren't simply there. Um, just so people know, and I'm sure you'll talk a bit about this as part of your background as well, uh, as a tourist visiting Israel for the first time. So um, who is Dr. Wave Nunnally, if you would? So I, um, we moved to Israel in 1982, and I did a master's degree there in Hebrew language, and I've been involved in Israel studies, Jewish backgrounds of the Bible and the like for the last 40 years. Uh, just completed 30 years of teaching at the undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral level at Evangel University and uh, Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. And um, three and a half years ago, I retired. A year and a half ago, my wife retired so that we could begin to take people to Israel ourselves and to introduce them to the world of the Bible and study the Bible in context on site. And we were there for two groups that we were supposed to do back to back. Of course, they never showed up because Mm -hmm. their flights were canceled. And that was the reason that we showed up three uh, hours into the fourth Gaza war with Israel uh, on October the 7th. We got there about 10. uh, The shooting started at about 630 a.m. that morning. And we found ourselves in the middle of a war. Uh, after your daughter had been on, one of the questions that people uh, asked was, well, why did the plane even land? Why did it not divert and go elsewhere? And planes do that when there's a storm. Um, it seems, of course, in hindsight, uh, given that people were trying to get out, you included, uh, that you know, it would have made sense just to divert. Did, was that, I mean, I know so many things were going on. It was probably the last thing on your mind, but was that discussed? Was there any question as to why the plane landed? You will have to address that no. question <laughs> to Delta Airlines. What they did do for us uh, was to black out Wi-Fi so that no one on the plane except the crew knew that there was an active shooting war going on until we got into the airport and we still didn't know. First, we saw a, a little handwritten sign on a green piece of cardboard off to the side that said only in Hebrew, this way to the bomb shelter. And my wife and I looked at each other and we said, we've probably done 125 to 150 of these. I've been doing this for 30 plus years and we've never seen that sign before. We get another 75 or 80 yards into the the guts of the airport. We see another sign says the same thing. And we, we said to ourselves, well, they must be doing drills mm-hmm. or something, safety drills or something like that. It wasn't until we were about halfway to our hotel in a taxi that the taxi driver in Hebrew said, did you know that we've already received 2,500 rockets in the last three hours from Gaza? And then she turned the radio on. Of course, it was all over the radio in Hebrew. And um, we um, then, only then, realized that we had kind of flown into the middle of, of a war. When they shut off the Wi-Fi, did they say why on the plane? or did No, they simply said, we are sorry, but Wi-Fi will not be available on this, uh, wow. on this flight. And we heard from other flights that came in from different carriers um, 
uh, Air France, for example, you know, that's as far from Delta as you can get. They did the same thing with their people. I wonder, of course, there's a, you could sit and speculate, oh, you don't want to have panic. You don't want people on the plane if you're planning on landing to demand. But even I suppose they could have thought, well, what if there are terrorists on these planes? And, and this is a signal to them to, you know, once things launch. Uh, so taking that sort of precaution. But ultimately... Um, you know, so much has happened since then. I want to get a traffic update. We've got Dr. Wave Nunnally with us. And then um, I, I would like to learn a little bit more about, okay, so what happened? What did you do? What were you hearing? What we receive is a, a sea of information. It, it's a straw that what we get through uh, here in the States, even with the internet um, and having so much information accessible, it still seems as if we just get such a tunnel vision of it. So what it was that you were actually experiencing there. And and I'm curious also, because I imagine you were talking with people there and you watch coverage today, how accurate of a picture we are able to get here. Uh, so let's get a traffic update. And we'll continue on with Dr. Wave Nunnally. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Dr. Wave Nunnally with us this morning. He and his wife landed in Israel three hours after the terrorist uh, invasion took place. And um, one of the questions that so many people had asked, like, well, did they tell you? And, and what he relayed to us, he was telling us in the last segment, is that uh, they just shut off Wi-Fi. And it wasn't until uh, you all got in the airport and you saw handwritten signs about bomb shelters and then you're in the taxi uh, before the taxi driver essentially references what's going on. Uh, so what happens then? And for people that are just tuning in, you and your wife, very familiar, spent a great, lived in, in Israel um, for a significant period of time. So it's not a really that foreign to you as it would be for a lot of tourists. W what did you do next? So what's different about our experience most recently as opposed to when we lived there and all the many times that we've taken groups to study the Bible there in the land of the Bible is that uh, we moved to Israel in 1982 and we found ourselves in the middle of the first Lebanon war. Mm. And the entire time that wow. we lived in Israel, uh, huh. Israel was in southern Lebanon in, in an active shooting um, capacity going on there. This time, though, the action is happening inside the borders of Israel, in the land of Israel, so that we've had over 1,300 Israelis killed more than 3,500 wounded, and we have these precious people. Mm -hmm. I have uh, flyers in front of me of the elderly and, and three-year-old twins and a, a woman who's 43 years old, uh, a, mid, uh, a middle-aged person, and they, uh, over 200 were taken captive uh, in Gaza and is, are being used as human shields and as pawns in this game, and we are begging people for help to get them back. So this is a, a war that is internal to Israel and not outside like the Southern Lebanon War of the eight, early 80s. It, in, I, I want to, coming up, focus on some of that with the victims that are, are, are there. Um, I, when you, I, I want to go back uh, to like what you did. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Uh, I was was first thought we need to get out of here, Israel. Uh, our, my first thought was due to the nature of most Middle Eastern wars, which are very short and very violent uh, in in nature, uh, because they don't have the 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 population that we have like in the West and they don't have the resources like we have in the West 
to continue a war, you know, forever, you mm-hmm. know, World War One, World War Two, uh, Korean conflict, uh, Vietnam, etc. And we thought that within a couple of days, Israel's going in, they're going to stop the rocketing, and this problem is going to be fixed. We were wrong, of course, in hindsight, but we thought we will ride this out. And maybe even our group, or at least the second group that we have in the middle of October, will come. Our plans was to, were to be there the entire month of October. And within a couple of days, we realized that we were very much wrong and had, um, had miscalculated. At the same time, the war was, instead of uh, de-escalating, it was escalating. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have uh, Hezbollah involvement from southern Lebanon and even Syria shooting from the northeast. And so we had, it, was a, it was a constantly evolving situation where we were having to make adjustments every day and sometimes multiple adjustments every day. We thought, well, we'll join when our group's canceled. We'll join a friend who's got a group in Galilee. And it turns out that you have a northern and northeastern front that opened up. Good thing that we didn't do that. And so we stayed about 20 miles uh, north of Tel Aviv in a little town called Netanya. And there, we, you ask about what, what did we see? The first thing that we saw, it was total quiet. It was almost surreal for the first 24, 48 hours. And then we have this influx of evacuees from the south coming in, being bussed in by the huge busloads, mothers, babies that were as young as three weeks old, elderly, people who were walking on walkers and canes, and uh, just incredible stories of unbelievable horror that they were experiencing, destroyed homes, murdered family members, neighbors, friends, uh, their own children, etc. And uh, we began to work with them as much as we could because we had nothing else to do. We helped the, the hotel staff to clean um, we found ourselves the first night in, a, in the bomb shelter because of rockets that were shot that were then intercepted, thank God, by the Iron Dome that um, uh, the United States thankfully gave to Israel to protect itself. And uh, that, was, that was the beginning of our uh, time in, in Israel at the early part of the month. So you having a family back here, I'm sure you're in communication, and uh, I imagine there are conversations, this is what we're hearing here, you're sharing this is what's going on here. Uh, what? How much of a difference was there between what we were receiving, particularly when it came to the assurances that our government was, they had plans underway or they were making plans that uh, we it seemed as if the message we were getting is that the Americans that are there, uh, we are working on getting them out. And and uh, was that the sense you were getting? So we got there on October 7th and by the by Wednesday, by the late Tuesday night, early Wednesday, we were realizing that we needed to make exit plans. Um, the State Department was issuing various kinds of directives and that sort of thing. And by Wednesday, they were saying Americans need to get out. But there was no means by which to do that. Um, We were encouraged to contact our senator. We contacted Josh Hawley's office, and they were incredibly supportive and helpful. But they are not in a capacity, don't have the budget, the the, the operational people on the ground, et cetera, right, that the State Department has. But the State Department was um, a, a, a little bit behind. In fact, they were behind us in our own personal planning, just four people sitting in a hotel working on the Internet, et cetera. 
And so we actually left before the the State Department mm-hmm. was able to begin mass um, uh, exporting of, of um, American lives to the island of Cyprus. I, I want to take just a two-minute break, and then Dr. Wave not only with us, I want to talk about you, the, the flight that you did eventually get out and share with us how, and we were talking off air, at one point you all thought that this you, we may be getting scammed here. You didn't know if, if this was a legit exit out or if something else was going on. So that story next with Dr. Wave Nunnally. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Springfield's Talk 1041. I am Nick Reed. Dr. Wave Nunnally with us. We spoke with his daughter the Friday before last on air. And that was as he and his wife, who had landed in Israel three hours after the invasion began, and having lived there and spent a great deal of time in Israel, he and his wife had the ability to um, not feel completely lost, and eventually they were able to make their way out. And and I think people, they do understand, but it's not as simple as just getting out and flights, obviously, are something that are instrumental to getting out. And you had uh, flights from America that had canceled. Flights from other countries seemed to be going in and out, or at least going out, I suppose, those that were already there. And you all eventually, with a great deal of work, found a way out, but you questioned whether or not you were being had. Yeah, we had a a Delta ticket home, but that was for the end of the month, number one. And number two, Delta was no longer flying. So as we looked around desperately on the Internet, we were able to connect with a man from India who was putting together flight plans for people to try to get people out. Right there sounds like a scam. (laughs) Like, here's a guy from India on the Internet. Automatically, (laughs) complete with the accent and the whole business. And so fear and trepidation. Sure. We're trying to exercise one of the very few options that we had. So this gentleman worked and worked, and we gave, you know, well, what about this, ideas and what have you. Finally, between the, the two of us, us and him, we worked out the weirdest flight plan to known to man. We um, exited Israel on uh, Friday afternoon uh, and flew to Cyprus, which makes sense. That, that's the next closest place. But we used this little puddle jumper called Bluebird Airline. Did a little research, come to find out they own four whole jets in the whole world. It's a massive. Massive operation, <laughs> yeah. yes. Lots of, lots of uh, strategic uh-huh. depth there. So we flew to Cyprus and on the Greek side of Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Then we flew backward, eastward to the Persian Gulf, to the country of Qatar. <laughs> this is, we're going the wrong way. It's totally surreal. And we spent then uh, a seven hour layover there. And then we got on a 15 hour nonstop flight from Doha, Qatar to Chicago. And we're finally on uh, American soil. We're able to hand off our two volunteer workers to their families who had driven up from Cincinnati. Another three-hour layover, and we were headed to um, the holy land of Springfield, mm-hmm. Missouri, mm-hmm. and landed at 1030, 10, 1015 uh, at night, Saturday night, a week, uh, two weeks ago. To um, We thought it was going to be a handful of family, mm-hmm. and there were around a hundred friends and family that had gathered with homemade banners and signs and balloons. And it was just amazing. And we were 
felt so loved and uh, so appreciated, and it was really good to be home. I bet, Dr. Wave, not only with us, we're going to get a traffic update, take a break, and and talk about some of those. I know you've got some um, uh, posters, if you will, of of some of the kidnapped victims. Um, And then also, when we talk about ways that people can help or just be aware and and prayers, maybe give uh, just a landscape description. Again, so many people are isolated their their knowledge is uh, when they hear in the media and i think many americans they what they think is you've got israel that has essentially created this open air prison we keep hearing the terminology that they have you know forced palestinians to live in and they're the slums and that this is what all of this is ultimately about and and just even the the geographical component of it maybe you can give people a little more clarity on that also if we've got some time well uh can we have you till eight o'clock absolutely okay fantastic thank you so much dr wave not only with us more coming up springfield's talk 1041 i'm nick reed Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. We're going to continue with Dr. Wade Nunnally. If you miss any of the earlier part of our conversation with him, as he and his wife had landed in Israel just hours after the uh, the terrorist invasion had begun, and he would uh, they would eventually make their way out and. And uh, we've been discussing that. I would recommend you go back and listen to the on-demand section. Uh, First, though, the first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvement. Sunny today, high near 80, with a 20% chance of showers overnight, 64 for a low. 76 tomorrow with a 40% chance of showers and a slight chance again of rain Wednesday afternoon. Then partly sunny with a high near 78. Sarah Myers. Thank you. Beatles property maintenance. It's not... Not every day when an unexpected home repair pops up, but whenever one does, it's good to know a company that is in your corner ready to help you, and that is Beatles Property Maintenance. Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S, and they specialize in home repairs and maintenance. Everything from crawl space repairs to vapor barrier installs, deck repairs, bathroom remodels, you name it, Beatles Property Maintenance can help you out with it. So whenever an unexpected home repair pops up, you can trust in the professionals with Beatles Property maintenance. You can give Bruce and his team a call today and you can find all of that contact information housed under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at KSGF.com. Continuing with Dr. Wave Nunnally, I think most people, humans, specifically Americans, um, see the, the videos and the photos, particularly when you're, you know, human lives being taken and going through horrific situations. It's always a difficult thing to think about and uh, but when you see families and moms and you I, I, there's just something particularly dark uh, about that uh and then for you and your wife to know people i mean that that's a whole different level and, and ha- know the area that i imagine israel to a degree is home um, because of the time that you lived there, it was right. home, and and the people that you know, and and talk to us just about all of that, if you would, and and the help that, that people need, and and the the victims that are still there, and I think people need to know many of them are kids. Exactly, you know, on both sides of this conflict, there are people who have children and are trying to raise families and work regular jobs and just put food on the plate and. 
and that's that's understood. But the other side of it is there's not an exact moral equivalency. Um, what Israel has tried to do in response, they've tried to be very circumspect. They have um, sent warnings both by radio as well as dropping flyers, move back, get away from uh, any kind of military uh, in, in installations or uh, activities. And, uh, the other side, however, intentionally is targeting over and over again civilians, civilian populations, civilian areas, civilian airport, uh, at, like the one at uh, in Tel Aviv. Um, the initial incursion of uh, about now we know 3,000, approximately 3,000 terrorists through 29 breaches in the uh, security fence. Um, intentionally targeted uh, neighborhoods and and children, the elderly, um, uh, non-combatants. These 7,000 rockets that have fallen on Israel have been intentionally targeting civilian areas, even falling in Arab areas like Beit Jala outside of Bethlehem, destroying mosques, etc., falling in in civilian neighborhoods. Um, and, And so... You have on one side, the goal is to minimize the loss of innocent human life. The goal on the other side is to maximize the loss of innocent civilian human life. Um, It's not exactly the same, Nick. Right. So, um, and I, you've got um, here, you've got these posters and, and QR codes where you can join the global efforts. What is it that people can do? Uh, one of the things that we have really been benefited by is is a website called StandWithUs.com. That's all one word, StandWithUs.com. And there is just a plethora of information there. We pulled down these um, kidnapped posters and uh, duplicated them. It's done with permission uh, and, and are trying to just raise awareness that there are little children. There's a nine-month-old baby that was abducted by the terrorists, taken back into Gaza. Are, are there, these are guys are now being used, over 200 of them, as human shields and as pawns to negotiate eventually, I'm sure. And they were immediately the babies. The children were locked in, in, um, in chicken crates. And pictures were taken, we know, because mm-hmm. Hamas's these are not faked pictures. Hamas took them themselves and posted them on their social media. Nothing done by Israelis. Uh, now, this is not propaganda. These are human lives, Nick. And so, yes, we since we've been back, we have been busy advocating for and encouraging people to pray and to contact their representatives and, and to uh, and to give uh, standby.com, uh, standforus.com um, is, uh, is one of those um, organizations that are uh, funneling uh, funds, money, donations um, in the direction of uh, families that have lost loved ones to the violence, who have been murdered, uh, civilians, and um, uh, trying to help with the relief effort. As you, you watch the coverage, And we've seen here, of course, last week, this massive disinformation campaign with outlets like the New York Times and others leading it, um, reporting essentially that the Israelis fired on a hospital, killing 500. Everything about that turned out to be incorrect. As soon as I saw it, in my mind, I, I just, because I understand how each side operates, 
I thought, well, in all absolute likelihood, this was something that was done at the, the hands of Hamas, because this is how they operate. This isn't anything new. Um, when the media got called out on it, they essentially said, well, this is what Hamas told us. <laughs> um, and then you see Washington Post reference children that have been kidnapped and, and are being held hostage as being, quote, detained. They've, you know, altered their uh, verbiage there. When you see this portrayal that seems to want to take some of the the horror out of what is being done, how does that strike you? It 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 bothers me to the to the depth of my being, Nick, because it is these acts are so inhumane. I, I mean, when is the last time that we heard that a nine month old baby right. has been kidnapped and held against the will, or a ninety five year old Holocaust survivor? What? What is the point of that in waging a, a, a legitimate mm-hmm. and just war? There is no point. Uh, the, the point is that there is one side that values human life to the point that its own sacred literature says, if one saves one soul, it's as though you save the whole world. And the other side that says human life simply doesn't matter. Over and over again, we will use children we will use retarded people. We will use pregnant women as suicide bombers. And when they get to the checkpoint, we will detonate yeah. the vest. Um, we have not seen this since the kind of stuff that we saw, the sort of atrocities that we saw committed in World War II. And um, it, it really speaks to a very, very clear differentiation between good and evil, between right and wrong. And your listeners, you and I included, we have to make that choice. Which side are we going to stand on uh, in this? Uh, because if we make the wrong choice, eventually, as what happened in uh, Michigan with the stabbing death um, mm-hmm. murder of this uh, innocent woman, um, evil will find its way to our doorstep. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Wade Nunnally. I want to take just a, a brief break. And when we come back, um, ignorance is a very, very, very effective tool that is used by the side of evil. And um, you, you even you, you hear uh, last week and over the weekend, some, even members of Congress that portray this as uh, a necessary step by Hamas because their people are oppressed. And I think that there are a lot of Americans that uh, fall prey to the sort of bumper sticker uh, positioning that, you know, well, Palestine was a country and then the Israelis came along and then put them all in this open air prison and they forced them to live in these deplorable conditions. And so you have the nice part of Israel where Jewish people live and then all of the Muslim people are forced into these camps of sort. And I think that there are sadly, because of disinformation, a lot of Americans who that's what they think of when they think of what has been going on there. So if we get back, if you can um, maybe just provide some insight as to uh, the accuracy or inaccuracy of, of that portrayal. Coming up with Dr. Wave Nunnally here on Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Maybe you have gotten into real estate. You thought, hey, particularly in this economy, great way to make a little 
extra money supplement income and you go through the training and then you find you're out there and you just it's not happening you don't know why it's not happening but it's not as easy as you thought it would be and there is a a very significant portion i think a majority within the first six months or eight months or so of uh, those who get out there in the real world once they get their license they they drop out and i would argue that with mentorship uh you can eliminate so much of that house theory realty they're hiring uh one-on-one training Every agent keeps 90% of the commission earned regardless of how many homes you sell each year. And for $250 monthly office fee, you get personal office space, conference room, gym access, internet, business card, branding, marketing, materials, yard signs. And again, what I think probably is the single most valuable component to that is the one-on-one training. And you're talking about Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, and she's just the absolute best. And you cannot be in a better place. Or maybe you have been somewhere for a while, but you just want to up your game, be somewhere that's more like a home. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, for all of your home buying and selling needs, of course, under Nick's endorsements, ksgf.com. Dr. Wave Nunnally is with us. And there is a, a vast amount of misunderstanding about the relationship, uh, geographically, politically, from socially, between um, just Israel and, and, and the Gaza Strip. And uh, there are, I think, a lot of people who think that Palestine was this state and then Israel came along and invaded and took it over and then took all of the Muslim people and put them into this open-air hellhole. And this is simply about trying to liberate themselves. To people who believe that, and I know that it's a very, very long, long history, but what information do they need in order to get a better understanding? What's the truth? So a good source for um, data on this entire uh, uh, Arab-Israeli or uh, Palestinian-Israeli conflict is a uh, set of books called Myths and Facts About Israel. And uh, there's a volume that comes out practically every year. That's a good source of information. Uh, but here, here are a few things that um, the average person may not know. Uh, Israel had no control whatsoever over the Gaza Strip until 1967. Uh, So whatever was happening in Gaza, whether it was the poverty or it was the population explosion or whatever, uh, uh, that's on Egypt because Egypt was in control until 1967. When Israel took over the Gaza Strip, um, they uh, they were in control. But uh, in just a few short years after that, with the Camp David Accords, they attempted to give the Gaza Strip back to Egypt, and Egypt would not take it. Uh, Surrounding countries, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, they don't want this, uh, quote, Palestinian problem, unquote. So this is not something that is unusual or unique uh, to Israel. Um, another uh, I- issue that or matter that people don't realize is that uh, as an open society, Israel has up until the Gaza shooting war, this one, this fourth war with Hamas since they took over in 2006, they um, allowed uh, they they were allowing workers from Gaza to come into Israel 
and to do whatever jobs that they they had and then return, taking that money back to the Gaza Strip. Another thing that uh, people don't understand is that the UN are, is the entity that set up the nation of Israel. It wasn't conquered by some influx of Jews. These are Jews that are already living there. And the UN in 1948 um, declared Israel to uh, be a free and, and sovereign state. Another point is that Israel has provided for the Gaza Strip the majority of its electricity, water, and food over all of these years. These are things that are not talked about in the media, and they're things that people, consequently, the average person does not know. But these things can be known. We can educate ourselves, um, and we should. So what do you say to those who, who will say, okay, that's fine and good, but right now it's an open air prison and they hardly have electricity and the water's dirty and they all they want is a better life. Uh, what is the reality? One thing that, that you find out when you begin to pick at this issue is that the UN has two different agencies that oversee refugees. That's their status mm -hmm. in the Gaza Strip. These are, quote, refugees. And one of those one of those entities handles worldwide refugees. There is another separate mm. entity under UN uh, charter that deals only with these particular refugees. And there are every year literally millions and millions of dollars that flow into Gaza. Mm. Uh, President Trump suspended those payments because of a legal problem. Gaza has been declared by the United States as well as other countries, Austria, uh, Paraguay, Canada, etc., as a terrorist organization and we're not allowed to support terrorist organizations. Right. Uh, the current administration reinstituted the, that funding and so we have literally millions and millions of dollars flowing in every year as well as other countries as well as that UN program that oversees um, uh, uh, relief of, of uh, to refugees flowing into uh, the and for it is for this reason that they have been able to afford right. to buy from Iran more than seven thousand rockets that have fallen on Israel in the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts, messages, anything all in the last couple of minutes we have here with Dr. Wave Nunnally um, regarding any of this. I would uh, in encourage people, as you have, to get educated on this issue. Why? Because it uh, is not merely a regional conflict. I mean, we had an Israeli diplomat stabbed and almost killed in China. Uh, we had this recent uh, killing in, uh, the, uh, in the state of Michigan. Um, this stuff spills over into the rest of the world. One of the reasons why we decided to evacuate, uh, Nick, was because of a call by the top Hamas leadership on October the 11th, in the middle of our last stay in, in Israel, for a worldwide jihad and for um, true Muslims to rise up and to kill Jews and Christians all over the world. So this is not merely a regional conflict. It does involve you, whether you want to, it to, to involve you or not. It does involve you whether you are informed or not. So I would get informed and I would, I, I would be advocating. I would encourage your audience to advocate for these children and middle-aged people and the elderly, even one Holocaust survivor who are held captive in Israel 
uh, in the Gaza Strip today against their will and to do everything they can, pray, financially support, and advocate here at home for their release immediately. A final question I have. One of the uh, quote that I saw in a headline after all of the, like, the first 48 hours or so where it became very, very clear that there was going to be a defense mounted by Israel, and the quote was something along the lines of, the world's about to see what Israel does best. Um, do you have a great deal of confidence that they're going to really be able to perhaps, at least for the time being, eliminate this problem of Hamas? You know, uh, they w- uh, w- Hamas went to war with Israel after its seizure of power in Gaza in, in 06. In less than two years, they were in a war with Israel that lasted for two years, 2008, 2009. They were again at Israel's doorstep in 2012, then again in 2014. So this is the fourth war between Israel and Hamas. It really, it's not a war between Israel and the Palestinians. Right. I, I know of, mm-hmm. I am friends with, I know by name, I can tell you where they work. Palestinians in Israel that are living their lives mm-hmm. and are normally going about raising families and taking care of their own of their own business. This is a war not between Israel and Palest- the Palestinians. It's a war between Israel and Hamas. My hope is that the, the, is that the international community will allow Israel to carry out a police action that will finish this once and for all. Otherwise, we'll be back here in another two to five years. Dr. Wave, not only thank you so much for spending an hour with us and uh, any sort of updates or anything else that we can do uh, getting the word out, please let us know. Absolutely. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Coming up uh, in the upcoming hour, Congressman Burleson, we will chat with him, get the latest a week ago in the speakership fight. It was Jim Jordan, and if not, grave fears. I shouldn't say grave. I don't want to put words in the mouth of the congressman, but he did note that he worried that if Jim Jordan did not get voted in as speaker, then essentially it was going to be up to the Democrats at that point that would be making that decision. And now there are nine uh, individuals with their hat in the ring. It seems at this point, uh, everyone's like, well, heck, why not me? Uh, while um, I'm you know, sure that some really do have the best interest of the country at heart. Some may simply think, oh, well, hey, it looks at this point like it's anyone's game. Um, so we'll, we'll get his thoughts on, on this and the implications it has. Uh, there are increasing concerns that we are, with this occurring, going to go back to what was problematic to begin with and what arguably caused all of this to begin with, and that is spending just insane reckless, immoral, out-of-control spending, and that this will be used by those who want that to continue, including those in the Republican Party, as as a, a way to go about and, and continue that uh, occurring. And, of course, we will get uh, his thoughts on the latest developments in Israel and the funding request with the president uh, tying what is going on in Ukraine with Israel and essentially saying they're all one and the same and everyone must support all of them. It should not be separate. All that coming up in the upcoming hour. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.